Welcome to Dose of Support. We are an interdisciplinary show that highlights healthcare workers. We share stories and self-care in healthcare every week. I'm your host, Dr. Vanessa Casper, a nurse practitioner and a healthcare worker just like you. Remember, I'm not your healthcare provider. Our guests are not your healthcare provider, and we're not giving healthcare advice here. Seek out care from your own healthcare provider. This podcast, host, guests, and associated social media platforms are not representing an employer or organization. It's hard out there, so let's find some self-care in healthcare. Stay tuned. Well, hello, my beautiful dosies. I'm back yet again for a huddle before our episode today, and I want to take you on a journey. Just close your eyes, unless you're driving, then don't close your eyes. (laughs) Just relax with me for a second, and I am looking out the window on a beautiful sunny day at forest land and wetland that is full of creatures, and I'm specifically looking at a blossoming tree that I know is a crabapple tree, and I'm looking at these beautiful spring blossoms and how the sun is going down right now, and it's warm and quiet and serene. The only sounds I hear are that of the wilderness. Are you there with me now? I really enjoy the outdoors, and I know I mentioned that last week on our self-care-focused episode. Now, every episode we talk about self-care, but I really do it. I wanted you to kind of just do some guided imagery just now with me. So if you pictured anything that I just said, you just did guided imagery in a way. Using your imagination and being creative is part of self-care, right? And nobody knows that better than Dr. Sandy, our episode guest this week. And oh my gosh, you guys, like she does everything. And I hope you really enjoy this episode. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Dose of Support. Dr. Sandy is here from Charleston, and she is known for her artwork on the Sandy Spines page on Instagram. She's a chiropractor by day, an artist by night. Welcome to the show, Sandy. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you for having me. (laughs) I was really, really excited to have you because you came recommended by another guest that I had who was like... Yeah. Yeah. And it was a physical therapist that was like, you need to have this person on. And I was like, okay. Um, And we haven't had a chiropractor since episode nine because y'all are busy people. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I really do believe that the more and more your profession is recognized, the more our patients can get better care because we'll know how to utilize you better. So tell me, Sandy, what got you in to this work? That's a really long story, um, but it actually started probably back when I was born. I had a rough delivery, as I was told by my mother, and I was fine. My mom brought me home from the hospital, but I was sneezing like every day, apparently. <laughs> and I wouldn't stop sneezing for like two weeks. Uh, my mom took me to our family chiropractor, Dr. Divine, rest in peace. Um, and mm. he adjusted me at C2. By adjusting, it's 
pediatric adjusting is a totally different world, and I can't even begin to get into it because I don't practice pediatric adjusting, but he adjusted me in a very gentle manner, and I stopped sneezing. So after that, <laughs> I saw, yeah, I it's mean, pretty wild. Uh, I'm just stuck on this because, like, are we sure that's what it, like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. So when you think about the spinal cord, um, especially in birth specifically, in birth, it's pretty traumatic um, a process being pulled out. And um, so my C2 was stuck pretty laterally and you can feel it on babies. You can feel it on adults, anything like that when something is out pretty significantly. Okay. Okay. And um, babies are, they can have torticollis as well. So their heads can be stuck one way. Yeah. So I um, have seen a lot of that. mm -hmm. I do have to say that after that, it kind of gets more wild. (laughs) Oh, oh really? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I, I, so I grew up, my mom's a veterinarian. She practices um, just Western veterinary medicine, but she also does Eastern uh, medicine as well. So she does traditional Chinese medicine with animals, acupuncture, and uh, chiropractic manipulation. So I grew up with her doing that. And wow. So that's a long, another whole story. But maybe we need my- to interview your mom too. <laughs> 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 she probably love that. She probably love that. Um, so I grew up around her, so I'm very familiar with Eastern med- medicine and um, chiropractic as a practice as well. I actually wasn't going into it, and this is this is where I have to say <laughs> that I relate to your episode nine I, I, with talking about my actual undergraduate degree is in art history. So I know it's funny, but it it is the small world. <laughs> yeah, I had a very similar um, intro. And I actually was going for interior design. Wow. Yeah. And I I had this moment in college where I started suffering a random chronic migraines that would keep me in bed. Oh, no. And then um, bad, like, you know, getting the auras, nausea, can't get out of bed, the whole, like, I feel like the minute I turned 18, my body fell apart. And it's really interesting how many college students go through that. Mm -hmm. So I've had a long journey with my migraines um, that has been helped by, helped and not helped by different professions. I would say that I have been to, I went to um, an ear, nose and throat doctor, got allergy tested, um, thinking it was something because I was vomiting. I was like, oh, maybe it's something that I'm eating. Yeah. I went to massage therapists. I went to chiropractors. I went to um, PT. PT, acupuncture. And um, I used to be like petrified of the idea of taking muscle relaxers. Like I think I had one doctor who prescribed me muscle relaxers and I cried because I didn't want to take, I didn't want to take them, but nobody could really figure me out. And so it was kind of left up to me to start like tracking my migraines, which kind of started me on this whole health and wellness journey. And then another kind of like swerve that happened was I ended up getting an L4, L5 disc herniation in my low back. Oh my gosh. How? Like as a young person, (laughs) like what were you doing? I was getting out of an airplane. I, I have a private pilot's license and I, I, was training in this little airplane and it was in Florida and it was hot and the plane, I mean, I'm not kidding. The lumbar support in these 1970s planes is non-existent. So like I was stressed out and flying this plane, I think like for three hours one day and I couldn't get out of the airplane when we landed. I I know that sounds dramatic, but I physically could not move my legs and the person had to like, my instructor had to get out and carry me out of the airplane so I could stand up because I couldn't move my leg. Like I was in so much pain. Well, and I just want to be like, oh my God, and sit with that for a second. 
and like yeah. totally acknowledge how traumatic that was. But I am really stuck on the fact that you are a professional chiropractor, a doctor in your field, a yeah. amazing <laughs> artist, like amazing. Like I'm like, I need to buy yeah. her stuff. And I was like, and she's a pilot. Like, could you be any more of an overachiever? <laughs> and like interesting person. <laughs> like, I'm real type A. I'm real type A and type three enneagram. If that makes if that makes any difference. But um, okay. I I my, okay. So the backstory on that is my dad's an airline pilot. So uh. he. He viewed, um, this is another segue, but um, growing up, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I wanted to be an artist. I loved art. I loved painting. My grandmother's an artist. She taught me all the time. My father saw that as a, you know, not a good path. He saw his mother struggle with it. Um, sure. And I ended up, you know, it was a whole thing. Finally, I came around to it and I was like, I got into medical illustration and I, and then I was like, I'm going to be an interior designer because that seems like a suitable path for me. And he also wanted me to go into airlines. As a female legacy, I get hired very quickly because I'm or a, a minority. Also, somehow I'm trustworthy because my father is an airline pilot. <laughs> you know, that whole nepotism thing. Yeah. And <laughs> it's a whole thing. And um, he, I, I can say that after I got my doctorate degree in chiropractic medicine, I went up with him to Atlanta to go fly in this simulator at Delta. And I get to this like gathering with a bunch of older male <laughs> pilots and he, my dad's introducing me and they're like oh and he's like yeah she just graduated from chiropractic school she's a doctor now and they go oh so when are you going to go back and get the rest of your licensure for being an airline pilot and I was like are you kidding me he must have been just, telling them that the whole time the whole time I was like are you kidding me for a long time I didn't think I could be in a medical field because I wasn't very math minded a lot of people especially mm. I think a lot of women mm -hmm. have feelings like that. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it does stop people from pursuing any allied health professional training. Which is, is wild to think about now because I don't use math every day. I think I use math to calculate cash prices. <laughs> <laughs> but like, no, I don't use math that often. And I took all of the same classes. Um, I took a lot of pre-nursing classes um, to get all my prereqs for, to go to chiropractic school. And it's just part of the process. You yeah. Know? And I'm glad I took all the steps and I explored a lot. Like the joke was, oh, you know, what is Sandy going to want to do for her future this time? You know, that was the joke. So they didn't think chiropractic would stick, but it stuck. <laughs> Speaking of like what you actually do and how it's not math. <laughs> necessarily. <laughs> so what is a day in the life as a chiropractor? You said you were an associate. Um, mm -hmm. So tell me what your day is like. What do you do? Okay. So I am, I specialize in um, a technique called active release technique, which utilizes um, patient's own body motion and my hands to work on fascia, um, muscles, tendons, ligaments in the body and finding adhesions and things that aren't gliding smoothly. So a lot of what I work on is frozen shoulders. I do work on a lot of migraine patients okay. and I have currently, it seems to be um, a lot of knees and a lot of shoulders are the big things right now, but I see all types of patients that come in my door. Um, I also do what's called uh, iastem or instrument assisted soft tissue mobilization, which is using a tool to help break up any adhesions. And then I also do traditional adjusting um, specifically diversified. In a normal day, 
I do see a pretty low volume patient load since we are more of a boutique type chiropractic practice okay. um, where I'm working currently. So I see um, one patient every half an hour to hour. Um, and I usually spend about half an hour with each person, which is very, un- not uncommon, but it is more common to spend less than 15 minutes with a person, yeah. depending on what kind of practice you are. But I always tell people we are not the rack'em and crack'em type of practice. Um, <laughs> so speaking of, I've been told by multiple people, it's not about the crack. It's not about the pop. It's not about the sound. Um, <laughs> so like, what is it about? I think it's really about assessing someone's ability to move in their daily life. You know, I, I do see a lot of people that come into me and you mentioned this on episode nine, I, I totally related. Um, I do see a lot of people that are on their last leg. Like I am their last hope before surgery. And one of the unfortunately common things is people come to me and they say, I have a surgery in two weeks. Can you fix me? And I'm like, um, if Not you want to weeks, bro. I was like, we can do our best, but like, I would prefer if you gave me six weeks of conservative care and like you adhered to everything I told you to do, which yeah. is <laughs> rare. Um, <laughs> oh, you mean you have non-compliant patients too? Oh Gee. my goodness. N- nobody, nobody listening could relate to that. No, <laughs> not at all. Um, yeah, these, uh, I I do get frustrated with people all the time. So I try to educate people with the most compassion and also in a manner of being like, you are here, you are receiving care and it's, you're on this journey. You coming to me for 20, 30 minutes, once a week for three weeks to four weeks, which is kind of what we like to specialize in, you know, see you for about three to four times and you're on your way living your life. You for that period of time, you're like seeing us for like 0.02% of your week, right? There is so much more involved in that. And it's hard to fit that all in a half an hour time period of, you know, educating and lecturing. And But overall, I mean, I see patients, I chart with them, which is lovely. <laughs> so okay. it's really about working with people and assessing and giving a treatment plan that's individualized because every human is different and everyone has different life experiences. And I am always shocked, I think. Every time I get a new patient, I'm like... <laughs> it is really hard sometimes, like for me... For me, I guess Mm -hmm. I will not speak for everyone here. It -hmm. is really hard for me to sometimes see past someone's poor decision making (laughs) and and meet them where they're at. I mean, like you do you do have to meet people where they're at, no doubt. But sometimes I just want to be like, but you can't take that much Mm dilated. Or Mm -hmm. or no, that's gonna hurt your kidneys. You can't Mm -hmm. do that. Um, Mm -hmm. And like, there is just like a hard stop for me on in certain situations where I'm like, I can't, I can't compromise with you on this. So that has got to be hard. That's got to be a challenging part of your job. I think what's even more challenging sometimes is people that come in and want the magic pill Mm. and they want to get better and they want me just to put my hands on them and make everything better without having to break a sweat or change anything in their life. And that is probably the number one thing, at least in my experience with, and with a lot of colleagues, the burnout factor of that is just real because people, you can lecture them all day long, but when they don't do what you tell them to, and they keep coming in and say, why am I not getting better? I'm like, oh, I wonder, you know, you're not doing 
A, B, and C. And what are what are these things that are so hard to adhere to? Like, what are your prescriptions um, here? My prescriptions normally, I start out by, I call them homework. Yep. I say, here's your homework. This is what I want you to do. And it's very specialized to each person. So the most recent one, I said, I want you to walk 20 minutes a day. Mm-hmm. I want you to walk 20 minutes a day. And I'm going to give you this stretch to help stretch out your piriformis. And I want you to hold it for 30 seconds. And then I want you to do it three times. I say three times because I know they might do it once. And I tell them, I'm not going to give you more than two or three things for your homework. And each week that you come in, if you have done those things, and I will know, <laughs> we, can, we can progress. And I, I explain it as like, when you go to your dental hygienist and you get your tooth cleaning, they know when you haven't flossed. Yep, yep. Like they know when you haven't gotten that water pick out, you know? <laughs> and I try to explain, it's like, I'm a terrible flosser and I admit that I slip up. However, I know that good gum health is related to good heart health and good gum health also means I get to keep my pretty teeth, you know? Like I'm <laughs> I'm happy with that. Yeah. I try to give people like tangible things to work towards and when they can come back and tell me I can do this or you know, if we've got a specific stretch for somebody and they say, look at my range of motion, it's increased or my pain is down. That is really like a tangible thing. And I specialize it to each person. I usually hear, oh, I'm terrible about drinking water. I'm like, oh, just drink the water. <laughs> just drink it. <laughs> what is people's aversion to that? Like I, they make these giant water know. jugs now that have the lines on them that say like mm-hmm. two o'clock, you should be here. Or you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like they make all these things now to make water more enticing. What is the aversion? I grew up on well water. So water Me as now, well. I, yes. Water now where I can get it that tastes great. I'm like, oh my gosh, give me more. But back home, I'm like, there's like this weird taste in my water. I'm like, ugh. I don't know. It, it, so I grew up not drinking, I guess not drinking as much water, but nowadays if it has a straw to it, I'm good. I will, I have a 40 ounce jug by my desk at all times chugging it. You know, it, it gets into this whole nutritionist um, side, side of everything, but yeah. Which we also have those episodes yes. <laughs> and, yes. and they, the dietitians I've spoken with on the show have also said that like seeing people not be able to make the changes that they give them has been really hard because Mm -hmm. like they come to you for help and you want to help them. And Mm -hmm. then they, it it all boils down to like people not being ready to make a change. I think it's interesting. There's got to be a certain level of desperation and the people who are desperate enough or, so I'm going to go back to my example of being, having like a disc herniation and and having a migraine at like, I, I, I was 18 and 19 when those things happened and the migraines has been a real journey. But once you realize what it's like to be in chronic pain, you will do anything or I, I, I should, shouldn't speak for others, but I would do anything um, just about because I was like, how do I get out of this pain state? I've conquered my migraines for the most part, which I'm really happy about. And that has been a combination of diet, getting blood panels. I got my cholesterol red and I finally figured out that I have genetically high cholesterol. I do too. Oh my gosh, Sandy, we're the same person. It shocked me. Well, it didn't really shock me because <laughs> my dad has it too, but it, it, it shocked my doctor enough okay. that he was like, I'm going to put you on a statin. I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> Um, but I was, I was shocked and between knowing that last, that was February. Yeah. Last February I found out that I started on a new diet regiment and it involved a lot of green smoothies and a lot of fish oil and a probiotic. I can say that my headaches have headaches and migraines have decreased from, they used to be once a week, went to 
I got, to, I was in chiropractic school and they were about once every three to four weeks. Everyone knew me as the headache girl because I'd have like a hot pack on my shoulders oh all my the time. Um, and then uh, now I have maybe one every three months, maybe four. Okay. okay. So that's it's a big been improvement. Big improvement. And they're not nearly as bad. You know, I'm not <laughs> running off to the bathroom to puke. So yeah. there's that. <laughs> well, um, so I have, I have feelings as, as a more westernized provider. I do have feelings about supplements. I have lots of feelings mm-hmm. about them. Mm. But I think that if there is a deficiency or if there is a known problem, that supplements can be helpful. I get on a soapbox. I got on a soapbox several episodes ago, like episode <laughs> two with Dr. Amy, the pharmacist, where we were like, supplements are stupid. But like, mm-hmm. they're they're not when you actually need them for something. And it sounds like for you, you figured out your something and you fixed Yeah. I mean, it was interesting to me because even with the, my, my migraines specifically were so weird. No one could really pinpoint it for me. I got a million different diagnoses for people. And whenever I went to like a neurologist or my GP, he'd prescribe, they prescribe like just medication after medication. And I was like, I don't want to take these because it's not solving the problem. Yeah. So that's really what I get into with chiropractic is like, I want to be in a field that I can solve the problem or at least guide a person to solving their own problem and not just put a bandaid over everything. Yeah. I'm like, just give me six visits to really try to make a difference. And if it's not working, I always say this to people, if it's not working, I will find you somebody that will help you. I love that. Yeah. I don't want to be the person that just lets you hang. A lot of westernized providers are, don't, are not given the time to sit with you and figure that out with you because mm-hmm. it's all about money and it's all about it's I'm pretty jaded about that. Um yeah. <laughs> okay, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to fix all of that. We're going to we're going to fix all of those problems. Sandy and I are going <laughs> to we're going to make a difference and give options and talk about self-care. And so stay tuned. back from the break with probably one of the most eclectic guests I've ever had. She is a chiropractor. She's a pilot. She is a, an artist, like actual selling art, fine art. Oh my gosh. It's Sandy Spines, Dr. Sandy. Um, please tell us, you've already told us a few stories from your practice, but I'm guessing that you chose a particular story to share with us today. So go for it. I did. Um, I would say this story in particular to me intrigues me because a lot of what my practice is, is a lot of people that work out pretty consistently. Um, I had this guy who he's a bodybuilder. So I immediately thought, nah, this man's probably coming in for aesthetic reasons. Cause I've done like specific body work so that right before you go on stage for a bodybuilding show, your muscles pop more. Okay. That's, um, it's kind of a fun thing to do for me, but I assumed that's what he'd heard about. That's why he was coming in. And, um, and he shows me this picture. He's like, this is what's happening. And it's like, he's drawn this like line. It's a picture of him flexing just like his back in his underwear. Oh my. <laughs> he's drawn this like line that's like the curve. 
kind of like a la scoliosis in a way, but he was referring more to like how he was flexing and how his like right lat popped out more than his left lat. And I was like, okay, I know what this guy wants. <laughs> and so we're, we're sitting there talking a little bit more and he tells me, we get to the questions of like, you know, have you ever had a serious illness before? Have you ever had surgery, you know, hospitalizations, things like that. And he tells me, he's like, oh yeah, I was uh, paralyzed from the waist down for 10 months. And I was like, I'm oh, what? sorry. Oh, okay. Um, do you you walked into my office with no problem? So can you tell me a little more about that? <laughs> and he tells me the story of like he's like yeah. So I was standing on a cliffside and um, the cliff crumbled and I fell thirty feet. Oh and my! I was like, oh, okay. That's he's like yeah. So that's I like a freak accident. <laughs> like, <laughs> how does that even hit? the the cliff crumbled from beneath me? Like you know. Yeah, and he's a I mean, sinkhole. He, like I walked into a sinkhole. It, like what? He just walked to the cliff and it crumbled, and he fell thirty feet. And he said he had to be air uh, lifted out. And he's telling me this, and he's like, "Yeah." So basically, I went into surgery. They fixed everything they were supposed to. He tells me the story of like going through physical therapy and how they got him back on it, and he had lost like sixty pounds. And I'm sitting here like flabbergasted because I'm like. You had this happen to you three years ago and you're sitting in my office. Like that is crazy because to me in my head, I thought, you know, he'd have some sort of limp or something like, you know, or yeah. visible, <laughs> but no, he, he was, he had a great attitude and he was just an overall positive person and he genuinely was just coming into me so I could fix his like lat imbalance. And I'm like, of all things. So I get him on the table and I have him take a shirt off and I'm looking at, you know, all the imbalances that he's looking at being a bodybuilder. We're inspecting it. And I just, you know, I didn't really think much of it. I had run through um, a few tests with him. I'd going through all my tests. He can't really feel anything on his left leg. And I was like, okay, you know, pretty standard. You've had this injury. It was specifically on the left side of your lumbar. You're going to have some nerve damage. Understandable. Yeah. Didn't really think much of it. So I, I said, let's just give this a go. And I started working on his lumbar region and I, he goes, wow, my foot is getting warm. And I'm like, really? He's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then I'm going, <laughs> going a little further. He's like, my foot is tingling. And he, he, so he, then he follows up with, I can't feel anything other than pressure on my foot. He's like, I can't even feel temperature on my left foot. And I was like, oh, well, this is really cool. This is very exciting. And I just kind of kept, you know, pretty normal, calm. I was like, yeah, like, you know, we'll see what happens. You've had this injury for a while, so I don't expect immediate resolution or anything like that. And um, I get him all fixed up. We, I think we had like three sessions. He's got his lap balance back. His poses look great. Everything's good. And um, he texts me, I guess, like two days later. He's like, my foot, I can feel cold. He's like, Sandy, I can feel cold. And I'm like, that is awesome. Like that yeah. just like gave me chills because I'm like, that is so cool. And that's not me doing that. You know, I might've helped guide that along by what I'm doing, but his nerves are responding to that. And they're yeah. having this moment and they're, they're like almost like regenerating it a little bit or reawakening. And all I'm having to do is clear out those adhesions clear out any of the dysfunction that's going on there. And now before any Western medicalized person hears that and goes, oh, that's woo woo. Like I literally, <laughs> you got, like I just, I don't remember when, but I recently listened to the daily, the New York times podcast mm -hmm. and they had um, somebody who lost their sense of smell from COVID and they had to mm. re they had to retrain their brain 
how mm-hmm. to recognize smell again. Like it's a, it's like mm-hmm. it's therapy. It's like reawakening those mm-hmm. areas that got damaged in Neural COVID. Pathway. And yeah. so like before anyone cries woo, which I love a little woo woo. Okay. And I've said that before on the show, <laughs> but before anyone cries woo, like there is like nerve retraining and muscle retraining that you like. Absolutely. So maybe framing it. So I'll frame it a little better for, I laugh because, um, Technically, chiropractic on a historical level is actually Western. Um, But if you take it back to like ancient, ancient, because there were like, um, it was also done in China, Mongolia, like it was all, and then you also have osteopathic medicine, which Mm -hmm. is a whole nother world um, with AT stills, but chiropractic, it's got its name because it literally means done by hand. Um, And it, it has a whole list of other things going on within it. But when I'm working with the spine, You know, people to me, I think, forget that everything is connected. And when they tell me, why do I have this numb, like, how can the numbness in my leg be related to my spine? I'm like, well, what do you think energizes your leg to move? What do you think? Well, then when I explain to them, it's your brain. And they say, well, my brain's up here. I said, yes. And the signals travel down the spinal cord. People are so disconnected from their Yes. Their whole, their mind, <laughs> body, spirit. We're, we are, we're disconnected yes. from each other, especially right now. But, but we're just, mm-hmm. we're just so disconnected from our own selves and our own beings and our own experiences. And then, and it's hard. And then you don't know how to reconnect. You, it's like you need somebody to show you. Yeah, I do feel like a teacher in some ways, and it, it does feel like, you know. And my favorite part about this whole story with this man is that. It, you know, I discharged him. I, we sent him on his way and he still has issues every now and again. And he still has some numbness. Like I didn't cure all of that. There is, he had a serious spinal cord injury. Like <laughs> yeah. he, I, he, I am not sitting there like, Oh, Dr. Strange. Like I'm not weaving things together. You know, like I, I don't know how to explain it, but it's just like, it's not woo woo because your spinal cord is centered within your vertebrae and your spinal cord really is what controls everything. Yeah. You know, and when something happens, when something's interfering with flow, you're going to have a reaction. Um, what blows my mind is when people just take things without recognizing what they're doing, whether it's, you know, any type of drugs or they just do whatever they're told. They don't actually research into it. Yeah. Maybe it's the the researcher in me that's like, I just want to know everything about everything. And like, I, I love saying like, I've been in therapy for six months now and I have never felt this good in my life. And I think I was just missing that mental component. And so like, to me, people want to ignore these things, like these building blocks. Different professions are necessary because there's so much about the human body. So you mentioned this therapy journey and that you're loving it, that mm-hmm. you're healthier in, in ways mm-hmm. that you haven't been. So chiropractors, I'm, I'm just guessing, have a completely different take on self-care. So what do you do to take care of yourself? Therapy's been a new thing. Um, and it has completely changed my mental outlook on myself as a person. So since starting therapy, I've seen a huge shift in ways of handling things, setting boundaries, saying no, learning to tell people, you know, like, this is where my line is. Do not cross it. I am here. Like, this is my box. (laughs) Sometimes I've reached a point in practice where I'm like, I have no more empathy left. Like, I... I could stare dead eyes in a person and be like, you're just not doing the right thing. And this is why your pain is happening. But I need to say it a little nicer. 
<laughs> and say, you're having this issue because of past things that have happened to you. Let's work on getting you better. There was a point in time where I was like, I can't give any more empathy. Yeah. So I think it's been very beneficial. Um, and then outside of just therapy, before that, I used to read so many self-help books. Um, some of my favorites are by Gretchen Rubin and Jen Sincero. And um, I also love like Braving the Wilderness. Um, all of those are great. And then I also take it into a physical aspect of painting, which has been a stress reliever for me for years. Um, and that's how I even started my business on the side. Um, Sandy Spines is trying to find some sort of creative outlet. That's how during school I was like, I need, I need to paint. I need to draw. I used to doodle during class because that's how I can listen. I love your artwork. Like I just, what is your primary medium? Because it looks like watercolor. It's watercolor. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're so you mix like florals and geometric and like all mm -hmm. this stuff with body parts and organs mm -hmm. and like I had a bunch of people asking for them and I was like, I don't have time to paint all individual ones of these. <laughs> so I started making copies of those and I would sell out and I made more copies and I would I we had a Facebook page and I would announce like, you know, hey, I've got twenty copies of eight by tens and twenty copies of eleven by fourteens. Do you want them? Then I started, everyone was like, well, you should really sell these like online. So I got on Etsy. I started selling them, made a bunch of mistakes. Um, <laughs> I started painting like blue spines. I was like abstracty, but like also realistic. And this one girl recommended, she was like, can you do a cherry blossom spine? And I was like, I don't know. Well, I'll try. And it ended up being one of my favorite pieces. And I still like, I, I kind of recreate, tried to recreate a different version of it um, to sell on my website, but I don't sell originals. Um, so I, I got into that and then that started taking off. Well, first of all, your art speaks for itself. So like if anyone, mm -hmm. everyone look at Sandy Spines, go ahead and just Sandy Spines on Instagram is what I'm looking at, but you have a mm -hmm. website and yes. <laughs> really like there's, there's a huge, a wide array of different mm -hmm. pieces and you're an artist. You're what your grandma was. Mm -hmm. Even though like it's not the way she did it. Yeah. It's very interesting because for me, there are some times where the art become like the business side of it becomes a little bit too much. And I'm like, ugh, I just want to paint. Like right yeah. now I'm in a I'm in a creative slump. But when I'm in this like creative flurry, oh my God, it's crazy. Like I just get so fired up and I want to do everything. Like right now I'm working on a maternity um, series, I guess I could call it. Essentially, like a lot of the stuff that I've come up with recently, they're posters and they came with a reason because I needed posters for my office. <laughs> well, I see like your, your office is decked out with like murals. They're kind of fun. It's, it's like a really, it's a very challenging thing to do to like translate a painting on a piece of paper to a painting on a wall. So I really enjoy that aspect of it, but I haven't had the time to do a lot more. I kind of create as I need. And a lot of these people that like my artwork, they've got these bright offices and they've got really clean, like design for the most part. I'm, I guess what I'm trying to do is take my first year of interior design school and like throw it on everybody else and be like, <laughs> you need to do this. Cause originally I was so interested in medical interior design, which is a whole world of it. And you ever have a chance, look it up. It's fantastic. Um, it's just about you basically, it's the study of how to create spaces to promote healing. 
and I love it. It's fantastic. Oh, I love that. Um, it is like a whole section of interior design you can get into and they work a lot in like hospitals and things like that. So that's what I'm trying to do with my artwork now is just create this like educational, pretty artwork that's not scary, you know, for people to look yeah. at. Um, yeah. Let's yeah. tell the listeners where they can find you. And your art is really yeah. reasonable. So I just wanted to Thank like you. plug like it's not like if anyone out there is ever like, I can't afford artwork. I'm not like, yes, you can. Like if you appreciate something and it's beautiful and it makes you happy, you can buy yeah. it. I think that, yeah. I think that some of your, some of your pieces are definitely affordable for the average person. So I just spent $55 on doggy things for my puppy. So I, I can t- say that <laughs> they're affordable. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so my Instagram is at Sandy Spines. That's S-A-N-D-Y-S-P-I-N-E-S. And my website is the same at sandyspines.com. I also have an Etsy. There's more stickers on there available um, on the actual Etsy. And there's more prints available on the website. That's just that's just how it's been. But yeah, I release new artwork. I think I have about three or four. I think I had four releases this month, actually. And Wow. Um, yeah, I was I was on fire earlier. <laughs> You're busy. Um, yeah, that's that's basically it. I just kind of live in this. I, most of my business is off of Instagram, which is kind of funny, but <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much for sharing thank your you. like amazing eclectic like life with me. <laughs> um, and I hope the listeners really enjoyed this show. Okay, listeners, I will see you next week. You can extend a dose of support even further by visiting us on Facebook, Instagram, on our website, or by giving us a rating or review. You can always support the show monetarily on patreon.com slash dose of support. Dose of support is written, organized, emails, edited, produced, published, all the things by me, Vanessa Casper, with exclusive music by John Schreier. I'm punching out this week but I will be back in your ears next week for another Dose of Support.